Are you ready? Okay, Smokey. Roll them. Hello everyone, welcome to That's Not Quite All Folks, a Looney Tunes podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hanlon, joined by... Jordan Schmidt, as usual, and oh my, do we have some good cartoons to talk about today. Oh yes, for today we're talking about the crazed, highly tempered cartoon character known as Yosemite Sam. Uh, We're going to be looking at his first appearance in Hair Trigger, followed by a personal favorite of both of ours, High Diving Hair. Before we get to specific about Yosemite Sam, I'm not even lampshading it. I genuinely love this character. I love him as a foil for Bugs Bunny. I love the way he's designed. I think that just, because one of my favorite parts of this character is just the fact that his face is like 99% hair. And like the only part of his face we really don't see covered in hair is his nose and everything else is just by a big red blob of stuff. So from a character design standpoint, that's already hysterical. And then like just, he's so fun to watch lose. Yeah, he has such a big ego that just makes the failures of the character that much more funnier. And and it's even more fun to watch Buzz play off him again because he knows about the ego and he knows how exactly he's going to throw him down. And it's just so much fun to watch in both of these. Like, normally we go into these thinking, okay, maybe one will be good. Like, one's the classic and maybe the other one might have some merit. But I was blown away by both of these, not to spoil my opinion at all, but I I love both of these cartoons. Yeah, I think it's it's fair to say that for the first time in this podcast, we are looking at an actual competition over which short is better. I mean, considering that one of them is high diving hair, it may not be that much of a competition, but mm-hmm. it's it was closer than I'd like to admit. The history of Yosemite Sam can be essentially boiled down to Frizz Freeling was sick and tired of Elmer Fudd. Yes. He he found that that around mid-1940s, Frizz Freeling noticed that, hey, it's kind of not nice to see Bugs Bunny messing with this befuddled human who, for the most part, didn't really ask for this. But pretty much, it, Frizz felt like Bugs Bunny was being, was, was just bullying Elmer Fudd instead of there actually being, like, a, a conflict. Exactly. And I can kind of see Frizz Freeling's point. I mean, Elmer is very stupid, but he's not exactly malicious. He is, I mean, he's, he's very likable. We see a lot of likable traits about this character, even as he's antagonizing Bugs and Daffy and all these people. <laughs> Deep down, he's just a hunter with no real malice or anything. So I can see why Frizz would look for someone a lot more malicious around this time. And by golly, he found one. Pretty much what he did was he created this uh, this southern cowboy villain character called Yosemite Sam, yeah. who every single person who's worked on the Yosemite Sam shorts, family of, of Frizz Freelings, everyone loves saying that, that Yosemite Sam was pretty much based off of Frizz himself, uh, the, the, the red hair, the the short stature uh Frizz Freeling was uh, a short man yes I assume the the temper was also a part of that 
I mean, if you're working in a cartoon studio under Leon Schlesinger, you got to have a temper of some sort. So, you know, there's no soft-spoken individuals in that house, I swear to God. But it's funny because reading up on uh, on what it, what else went into the origin of that category, because um, obviously it's, it's a lot of frizz in Yosemite Sam, but you also see other names show up like... Um, uh, there's a Red Skelton show character named Sheriff Deadeye, apparently. Uh, for those of you um, who are listening to this podcast who are under the age of 80 and have never heard of Red Skelton, he was he had a radio show in the 40s and 50s, and he did all these sorts of characters and sort of not exactly prank show kind of thing, but he would just do things and do and, and interview people and then passersby in like these voices and characters. And one of them was this sort of redneck called Sheriff Deadeye. And I think there was another one that was like a spoiled child. But a lot of the Looney Tunes creators, a lot of the cartoonists were obviously listening to a lot of Red Skelton at that point. Because there's obviously also a lot of Red Skelton references peppered throughout these early cartoons. There's one in Hair Trigger. So I just think that's kind of weird. Um, and then one of the other names I heard going into, especially the sort of slow burn anger of Sam is uh, another radio personality named Frank Nelson. If you are familiar with like primetime TV in the 60s and 70s, you know Frank Nelson, or more specifically, you know Frank Nelson from his catchphrase, which is, of course, and I'll, do, I'll try and do this justice. Yeah. One more time for safety. <laughs> one, one more time for safety? All right. One more time for safety. Okay. I, I hope I'm doing this right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> At least it's amusing, Mark. Um, but literally, he would show up on these shows, and I mean, he was he was a radio guy. He was on Jack Benny's show for a while, so he worked with Mel Blanc. And he would show up on these shows as a guest star a lot of the times in the 1670s. And he would show up, and he would say yes, and people would applaud because, like, yeah, he did the thing. <laughs> but um, if, if you're a Simpsons fan listening to this, then uh, you probably know of Frank Nelson because Dan Castellaneta did a Nelson-esque character um in i think from season like 11 ish to like mid the mid 16 so like the dark ages of simpsons before it got even darker so it's weird to me because that's a very different type of actor and very type different type of performance that would go into the sort of the the sort of yosemite sam archetype so it's weird to me, but if, you know what? They created the character. They know what they're talking about. So in the creation of Yosemite Sam, uh, Frizz did like that Sam had an ego. They thought higher of himself than other other baddies in the Bugs Bunny shorts. It, it seems like in each short, he has something to lose. So in, in other Yosemite Sam shorts, the common formula would be that Yosemite Sam would be a person of power, such as in Roman League and Hare, He'd be a person of power, and then Bugs Bunny shows up, and that power is taken away or diminished significantly. Or Big House Bunny, where he's a jailer and he keeps getting fired. <laughs> yes. I love that. I just remember today how much I love that. Side thing, but apparently uh, Chuck Jones had a great uncle who had similar physical traits to Yosemite Sam, except he didn't have the big mustache. Interesting. Speaking of Chuck Jones, I mean... the. Yosemite Sam was solely a, a freeling product. I mean, pretty much every Sam cartoon that would happen over the next 20 or so years would be by Freeling or Freeling's people. Except for one strange case in 1959 called Harabian Nights, which was a compilation featuring other clips of other shorts. 
that was basically centered around Bugs being in a palace and spinning tails and his other better cartoons. And it was done by Chuck Jones's division and it still featured Yosemite Sam, which was odd. But whatever worked at that point when they were mailing it in. Yeah. And, and there was the short that was produced in the 90s, which happened to be Chuck's last Looney Tunes short, which was in turn a tribute to Frizz because Frizz passed away in 95. So the, from, from here to eternity. Right. By the way, I, I, you probably also did the research on that one. Do you know who voiced Sam in that one? Frank Gorshin. Frank Gorshin. The Riddler. Yes. The Riddler and arguably the best like on-screen Riddler that we've had. No offense to Jim Carrey. But Frank Gorshin is a different animal in himself. So Yeah. It's weird that he got to play Sam, but I'm glad he was getting voice gigs till the end. You know? So we cut to uh, May 5th, 1945, as that's when a hair trigger is released. As for any interesting things that happened that day, um, this is actually a pretty good one. Um, MTV oh. News anchor and New Jersey born and raised a, a citizen, a Kurt Loader was born this day. Kurt Loader, holy crap, that's a good one. <laughs> so you can say that he he lived to see uh, Yosemite Sam uh, come to fruition and also can say he lived to see Kurt Cobain die. Anyways. <laughs> I was thinking it, but I didn't say it. <laughs> It's like the one video I've seen of him. It's like, oh, yeah, the Kurt Cobain died video from MTV News. I know that one. <laughs> uh, so uh, this short was written by um, Michael Maltese, uh, Chuck's uh, writer, and, of course, directed by Fritz Freeling. And this short is pretty much a train robbery. It, it, it's a train robbery plot and Bugs Bunny's there to intervene and mess with Yosemite uh, Sam the entire time. Which helps. It does help, because uh, uh, a train robbery plots are, uh, they're, they're rather conventional. Not for Looney Tunes. I mean, I, I kind of like the train setting in this one. I mean, we'll get into it, obviously, but like, it, it's a nice change of pace from every other Wild West saloon we see Bugs and Yosemite Sam in. So I'll, I'll take a train every once in a while. Yeah, so pretty much uh, our short starts with uh, just a train going down the track. And there, there's some very nice uh, play with music because it's because it's Carl Stalling and Frizz Freeling and Frizz loves to play with music. So so the, the train will just, you know, it will be chugging along and then all, all of a sudden they'll, uh, they'll say like, what's it like? bread and biscuits or whatever like as the as bread and butter yeah yeah it's like bread and butter bread and butter as the uh as the, as the train motor noise yeah so so we got to it inside the train and there's a guy just doing the mail and then bugs is in the mail room because somehow he got in the mail room just you know singing a singing a nice little song and then the first like odd joke that came to me was he he, he sang the song all of a sudden he stops puts on a sunglasses and we just cut to this shot of a bunch of bugs bunnies just a bunch of bunnies that look like bugs and he just says straight to the camera oh there are a few of my poor relations they're always ready for a touch which that confused me for a second I'm like a little no like so I'm like okay, I'm thinking okay so bugs either a deadbeat dad <laughs> Or he just doesn't contact his family and somehow they found him. That's probably what I thought it was. Like, he doesn't like his family at all. Maybe he was just thrown out. Like, 
he, he ran away from his family or something. I don't know, but, but you know, it's, it's, it's weird to think about. Cause you, you know, when you really think about bugs, you know, it's like, you don't really think about his family life at all. So it's a nice little imagination kind of thing if you wander. So we cut to a poster, Yosemite Sam, $5,000 reward. And we pan down, there's Yosemite Sam, whose design is pretty well defined from the get-go. There's no, there's no real, uh, there's not a lot of big changes between the Yosemite Sam in this short and the Yosemite Sam we see in High Diving Hair. Right. Uh, the, the, only, the only difference I could think is as soon as he starts talking, it's very close. It's like 99% of the way there. However, um, the Semi Sam voice in this has a lot more of a stronger southern twang to it. A little. Like, I think he was going for more Georgia, I think, like a Georgia kind of accent, like, oh, or like that part of the, of the, of the country. Yeah. And also, I think that um, his, like, his nose is bigger, and... When, when he turns his head, you can see the sides of his head. You can not covered by hair. So design-wise, it's very prototypical. But I, I honestly think the voice is pretty close. So he's same Sam. He he's robbing the train. He throws a bunch of golden stuff into the sack. He just throws bugs in there. Yeah, I love the speed of that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm just like, what's up, Doc? And then he's same, <laughs> and then he's same Sam just saying, what's up, Doc? I like that. That that's actually a very good kind of a a, a different engine towards Elmer and Sammy Sam. You know, Elmer sees yeah. bugs saying what's up, dogs like, oh well, I, what I'm doing is I'm doing this. While we Sammy Sam, he's like, is mind going? What's up, dog? That that's stupid. Challenger. <laughs> exactly. I was like, what the? I'm, I'm robbing the train. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going to shoot what's you up? if you don't. <laughs> yeah. So Sammy Sam just starts rattling off who he is. Yeah, it's very good. As he very does. good. Yes, yeah, very good introductory. You know, I'm the... I didn't write this down because it was a lot. But it's, it's, oh, it's the runest dude. It's a Yosemite Sam ego hype up of himself. So he's a yeah. runest, uh, six shooter, roughest, toughest, that... The, the joke being, it's so long because literally the next line from Bugs is, well, it just so happens there's a guy in the other card who's the roughest, toughest, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, with a seven-shooter. Seven-shooter. A seven-shooter to prove it. That's what I was, and then and Sam's like, oh, really? So we go to the next card, Ant's Bugs, he's the other guy. Of course. Of course he is. And just Gary Cooper a little bit there. By the way, <laughs> Before you get too much further, I just want to mention the one guy he mentions that you somebody Sam mentions in his big, you know, the rootness, tootness, uh, cartel, da, 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 Ed, Edward Everett Horton. I looked up that guy. Uh, vaudeville, uh, the vaudeville radio star from that time. Uh, Edward Everett Horton was famous for cultivating his own version of the, the esteemed double take. I can't do that justice on a podcast other than, as, uh, you know, because, you know, I can't double take via radio. Just assume it's a really good double take. But, yeah, that's that's who Edward Edward Horton is. Apparently more radio people know him than people now. Sorry, go on. That was useless. <laughs> so so the, then this bit happens where Yosemite Sam meets up with Bugs again. And Yosemite Sam just says, 
okay, draw your weapon. And of course, Bugs just draws, he, he takes out a sheet of paper, draws a gun. It's a very nice photo. It's it's so good that you, you tell me Sam himself just goes, oh, you know, I can draw. <laughs> so he just, he, he forgets that he was going to shoot this guy five seconds ago just to demonstrate his artistic skills. Yes. And, and, and again, in a great music cue from uh, Carl Stalling, it's just same as Sam. He's um no, he's he's drawing his picture, and Carl Stalling just plays the basic piano scale until he messes up. At which point, the piano messes up. <laughs> Music being used to enhance the joke, which which is He's great. so good, so good at that. So, so he eventually he he draws the photo, gives it to Bugs. Bugs looks at it for a very long time until just saying, "It stinks," <laughs> and, and they just go. Bugs just making a mystery science theater reference about forty years before the actual episode <laughs> would come out. <laughs> yeah, so so this just. This takes us into the rest of the short, which is Sammy Sam trying trying to get bugs. They they go into the the sleeping perimeters where where Sammy Sam thinks he's he's opened up the the shower to a woman, but it's bugs. And Sam think it's pissed off about that. Classic bugs and drag gig. He runs. The bugs runs out of the train cart, opens the door to live action footage of a. Of a saloon, <laughs> just that's just Fred Freeling just showing off. Yeah, like, look what we can do. Have a look what all the meta things we can do in this cartoon. <laughs> just, just post going. Ah, it's that deluxe treatment. It's a deluxe card. Runs back, and then and then we go into this uh, this shooting within the seats gag. <laughs> But my favorite part of it is they go to opposite sides of the room, bug shoots, the bullets go up to Yusami Sam, Yusami Sam, Sam ducks, and then the bullets just all of a sudden they get pers- they get personified and are just tapping their feet and just waiting. <laughs> just waiting to strike. <laughs> it's just, just great visual shit. <laughs> and then eventually he gets up and then and then he gets shot. So Bugs just he as you're saying, Sam walks into the this ink room, takes off his hat. Bugs just sits on top of him, <laughs> and again, mental mind tricks is 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 his specialty. So he just does the voice of the sheriff. Like okay, Sam, I got just surrounded, and Sam is just wasting bullets. He's just shooting at the room. There's no one. That he's just shooting at the room. It gets to the point where, where Bugs just goes, oh, no, over there, over there, over there, over there. And then there's a moment where Bugs just takes his gu- same's guns and shoots it somewhere else and then gives them back to him. Just, <laughs> just, it's just a, it's just a complete, complete messing of it. And then, there, then Bugs just finds this red ink, pours on Sam's head, and Sam thinks that the imaginary sheriff shot him <laughs> and he's just preparing for his death it's just 
it just gets dark for a moment and it's just and then just bugs comes in with music it's just a very <laughs> ridiculous and then eventually you send me something like wait a minute i'm still alive uh, just the delivery of he he goes right up to bugs's face which a great great um animation of their heads just m- almost kind of merging into each other just it's just sam sam changes his voice completely his tone completely just why did you pour ink on my head it's so good <laughs> why did you pour ink on my head <laughs> <laughs> and you think that's that would be like the the peak of it we're six minutes in the cartoon absolutely could have ended with just if Sammy Sam thinks he died, Bug sings a song, we iris out. But no, it keeps going to where Bugs, he opens the same door that just two minutes earlier, there was like a party going on. He opens the door now and there's a saloon fight. Again, live action footage of a saloon fight. Mm. <laughs> and Bugs, and, and uh, oddly enough, this isn't, the, this isn't the first time he does this, but so, so Sammy Sam just goes out of the, out of the uh, one cart into the other one, into the bar fight. <laughs> Bugs just walks on over. And, and there's nice little animation of just him weighing there, his ears are just wagging left and right and <laughs> tempo to the song he's singing. And he's just, and he walks out. He's been being, he, he's been being the crap out of him. And Buck's just uh, again a, a very classic gag. He just pretends he's the um, conductor. Just okay. Here's your luggage. Okay. Here. Bye. Throws him just, off the train. Just the, the speed at which he gets flung off the train. It's wonderful. Flung, flung off the train, and the even faster speed of Bugs thinks he's gotten away with it until it turns out somehow Sam is on top of the train, yeah. to which we get a it kind of. Kind of weird uh, moment. We don't see much of bugs of you, Sammy Sam, just fighting bugs. Like, like no, like no jokes. He's just fighting, just yeah, fist fighting on top of a train. And then we face the tense. It, 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 it's kind of tense. Fade the black, which is also kind of kind of weird because we haven't fade the black at all through through the entire cartoon. Yeah. We fade the black. We come back. And Bugs is tied up completely on the side of the train over a bridge. Sharp, apparently there are sharp rocks below. <laughs> it's the melodramatic en- ending, you know? That, that's what metal, melodrama. Melodrama is big guys with mustaches tying people to the railroad track. So it's actually really fitting. And I would just cut to old, and this again is a, a, a trait of the, of the movie theater scene at the time, just... We cut to Tex and narrator saying, "Like, will this is this the end of Bugs Bunny?" And it's Mel Blanc just doing it. Will he get? What do you say? It's like very. Will he make it out alive? It's like very over the top. No, will he survive? And then, and then <laughs> the narrator voice goes out, and it's Bugs. Like, yeah, will he persevere? Will he just, get just out dragging you, seventy Sam, into the shot, going, "Yeah, will he?" You yeah, know, sure. <laughs> Again, I, I just love those bits of messing with the tropes of an ending. Yes, especially film tropes of that time. Yes, especially film tropes, and it just it just looks at the camera like 
Yeah, this narrator doesn't know me too well, does he? And just, oh, but I the just, way he does uh, it is that it is the usual, you know, that he don't know me very well, do he? Which is a Red Skelton reference. Ah. It's his little child character. It's his annoying, precocious child character. Because, uh, yeah, they're all high off of Red Skelton in 1945, you know. Sure. <laughs> yeah, then we, then we iris out. And, yeah, this is a really good one. So good. This is a really good one. I, I I'd say um, it's it's better than Elmer's first uh, first cartoon. I'll say that. Yes. I, I definitely laughed harder at this than I did with uh, Elmer's candid camera. I mean, it helps that it, that we're doing this as characters are being established, or as we have a fully established bugs or fully established writer yes. mindsets. So that even if this late in the run, we can throw in a new character and the new character will be really good. So that helps. But like so many gags hit, Sam works immediately. You can see why they're going to keep using them for another 15 years. Yeah, so in terms of an anvil rating, um, man, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything I didn't like about it. Um... Besides that one joke about the about the family of rabbits, which I really didn't sort of care for, but like that's so early in the short, it really shouldn't affect my uh, my judgment. So uh, I'm gonna give it like a four point five out of five. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. It's sets up the bugs and Sam dynamic very well. There's no. It's this is the the dynamic and the types of shorts that they'll be doing for the next uh, 15, 20, 25 years. Yeah. And again, immediately impressed and immediately blown away, but also just genuinely funny. It's very weird to think that this this short wasn't released on DVD until the sixth. Golden Collection, because I remember seeing this on VHS and one of the the old-fashioned Bugs Bunny's greatest hits kind of collections. And I mean, even the even the the version of this that I found online was a June Bugs rip of this, which shows you how this was in circulation, but not really in the remastered format, which is odd. But um, this is still definitely a great. Bugs and Sam cartoon, and you can see why they keep going back to this dynamic for a while. I also saw that same June Bugs rip video for this episode. <laughs> huh. Sounds like it's the first or second link or something, you know? Yeah, it was nice. Like, oh, nice. He's from the June Bugs marathon. Awesome. <laughs> oh, those marathons are great. <laughs> I've already talked yeah. at length about why I love them, so I'm going to try and curtail myself now. <laughs> So, as I just got a bottle of water, what short are you covering? Uh, water, water, every hair? No, no, that's the wrong one. I'm sorry. Um, uh, we are doing probably one of my favorite uh, Bugs and Sam cartoons, going back to childhood viewings of the Looney, Looney, Looney Bugs Bunny movie, which this is showcased in. Uh, this is High Diving Hair. This is a really great one because it's just... It's a very simple premise. It's a very simple joke just done a bunch of times. And it's just so damn funny. 
Um, this cartoon was released on April 30th, 1949. Big in theaters on this date was uh, The Barclays of Broadway, which was a Fred, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers joint, and Africa Screams, a Abbott and Costello feature. So obviously the comedy titans and the movie titans were certainly in play at this point in 1949. Uh, this is a Ted Pierce script, a Frizz Freeling direction. Both of these characters are well and established by, by this point. This is admittedly an extension of a gag and stage door cartoon from a couple of years earlier, where Bugs makes Elmer dive into a glass of water on stage, but with Sam instead, because as we've established, Sam is a funnier loser. Yeah, um, yeah getting into this one, the whole conceit of this short is, it's basically a Wild West set traveling show, because, you know, that's, it, it could take place at any time, but it probably takes place in a sort of present or at least present for 1949 sort of setting where there are these traveling shows that come through these Western towns. And one of them is being hawked by Bugs Bunny. And it's all these 50, like 15 sensational acts. And one of which is Frisbee, the magician, which has got to be like the miracle product from hairdo frizz exclamation point. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's hawking all these, you know, shows are going to happen. 15 sensational acts. He takes a break and it just has to sneak in a carrot in the back. I love that. Now, pardon me, chomp. Uh, also, one of the other acts he advertises is Butterfingers and Clumsy, the world's foremost jugglers. I want to see that. Yeah. Like, Butterfingers and Clumsy, the jugglers that just do everything wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds like a, a, a America's Got Talent act. I, I'd love that. This whole thing is about the great high-diving act, Fearless Freep, which Sam, Yosemite Sam springs in. Literally, it's a low-angle shot, and he springs into it, which is great because I love they're still playing with height. And I, we don't know why, but Yosemite Sam is really obsessed with Fearless Freep. He wants to see this high diving act. We don't know yeah. why. We don't know, like, are they friends? But the fact that he's just really, really fanatical about this and wants to see it is not only the driving force of this cartoon, but also just a testament to Sam's character. Like, I want to see a high diving act. I don't care why, but I do. I think this short is one of the few times that the goal for Yosemite Sam isn't money or robbing something. It's just he's excited. He he wants to see this act. He he loves he loves these type of shows and just wants to see this show. Yeah, he buys a hundred or so tickets and Bugs just literally takes out a scissor and snips it at like around like enough. But and also how does Yosemite wait, I just answered my own question. I was gonna ask how does Yosemite Sam have so much money? He probably robs all the banks up until the the, the place he's going to. And a great little line that I liked was when when Yosemite Sam is freaking out, Bugs just goes, "Move, son, you're bothering me." <laughs> you're bothering. Swats him away. I love that. I love that even Bugs Bunny is like, "Oh wow, dude, you're really excited about this guy." My God. <laughs> yeah, settle down. Um, we do, we do get to the big show. I, I I find it very interesting that Sam going into this show and eventually just sitting down in this show. And all the other people in the audience are matted into the background. And Yosemite Sam's the only real moving character. It's the kind of thing you notice after contemporary animation has made matted characters a thing of the past, or at least made them a little better. But it, it sticks out to me because, you know, you see the Yosemite Sam sprites and you see nothing else moving. So it's, I mean, obviously it's, it's limited by the 1949 specifications of animation, but it's a little bit jarring. Bugs gets into explaining the high dive as he sort of stalls for time, which is also very funny. I love the dimensions of like, we just, 
panning all the way up and just seeing a tiny little diving board and just, <laughs> just really exaggerating it. I love that. A, a plank. Just a plank. Yeah, just a little bit, a little tiny plank in the distance. And we get to the conflict of the short after this because the whole thing is that Sam paid a lot of money to see Freep too much. And he's mad when he doesn't show and makes Bug do the jump. So he basically is getting mad at someone else for a problem that he himself really started, which basically makes Yosemite Sam mankind's first Karen. <laughs> if, if, that, if that phrase is still a thing by the time this goes out, I'll be surprised. But oh, it will. It will. <laughs> they're going to be like, yeah, you recorded this in June, didn't you? When people were still saying Karen. Like, what? No. <laughs> The Karen went extinct years ago. Yeah, nobody says that. Um, no. Now we call them Nazis. No. <laughs> yes, Russ. Russ is this Karen I speak of. There have been no Karen since 1942. I'd like to speak to your person of management. No! <laughs> I demand that you leave this dick sporting goods. I want a cup! Anyway. Um, anyway, um, just the animation of Bugs climbing up the ladder and Sam following him in several different angles is really cool. And even if this is a very humorously driven cartoon, like, it still looks good and it's technically great, especially in making this high height look intimidating for Bugs and for Sam. So, just so you know, because knowing what this cartoon is, it sort of surprises me, but we don't get to the diving board until three minutes in. It's all set up. And mm -hmm. then we start diving. And the first gag starts innocently enough. Bugs gets on his bathing suit and subtly flips the board around while Sam's not looking and jumps into the other end, into the alcove. Does a big Mel Blanc splash. And, and then Sam, not thinking he's going to fall in, falls in. And <laughs> something about Sam falling into the water cracks me up every single time. The first time it's Sam falling with his mustache spiked into different directions, yelling and just his mouth open as he goes. And the other funny part about this is Bugs literally sliding down the ladder with his huge grin and watching fall. It's so funny. And literally Bugs runs, sits in the crowd going, just I gotta see. And that, that's the most Bugs thing ever. Yes. And even the fall into the water work. It's just, they know that like, okay, we have to do a really, really good fall. And then they figure, okay, let's keep doing that in different ways. Because the reason this cartoon keeps going is Sam is still hell-bent on seeing Bugs dive. And he keeps trying the same thing over and over and thinks eventually Bugs will fall into the water. And Bugs knows Sam's not going to get this right. He looks at us and he's like, this, this idiot's still going to keep trying this. The definition of yes. madness is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, as said by um, uh, the hives. Probably someone else said it too, but I just know it because the hives. The second dive is the most indicative of the entire cartoon and this entire duo. As Bugs does a dive that flips Sam over his head and into the pool without moving himself, which is already funny. Then he realizes he forgot to fill the tank with water. <laughs> which is also a funny thing because we have the continuity from the last scene. A lot of cartoons, they don't have the sort of continuity where like, okay, the water will just be instantly refilled. But no, this time and only this time, Bugs is like, wait a minute, I have to refill the water because they know because Ted Pierce and Prince are like, no, okay, that would be a good gag. So 
he throws a bun a pack a pail of water down. Sam just has to while falling, and Sam's even funnier falling here, to just push the water down beneath him so he can land safely. He pushes it down, he prays for it to go down. It's so funny. The little horn cues as Sam tries pushing. Frizz times to the music. It's so good. And then the water lands in the tank and Sam crashes through the floor. <laughs> the tank is off center. So oh, damn funny. Oh my God. And then the other funny part that I like and doesn't get enough credit is that before they climb up again, Bugs gets up on stage and just says, and the bit, the, the line that's always, that it's always interrupted by Sam, which is, ladies and gentlemen, our next attraction shrugs, doesn't even finish it, and just walks right up the ladder before Sam even enters the shot. I'll be a go. It's, it's the Groucho Marx mentality. I mean, like, if nobody cuts me off, I'm going to cut myself off. If a Captain Spaulding, the African Explorer, well, somebody's going to do it. It was a reference to Animal Crackers for any other 80-year-old listening to this. And by the way, our first What's Up Doc comes five minutes in, and it's yes. upside down. And it's to set up a fall that reveals Bugs is really right side up and defies the laws of physics joyfully. Like, and then from there, and right, right after this, we get the recurring cutaway for the first time of wet Yosemite Sam angrily climbing the ladder <laughs> to the same music cue. And it's just, it's so funny because he looks so pathetic looking wet and just running back it reminds me and this is the second week i bring this up there's a whose line is anyway episode where uh ryan does his sound effects colin actually does all the motions and he has to do i think gymnastics things and i think he instead does track and field and after the game ryan styles just makes fun of him just with a little just this jerk this this motion like just how pathetic he looks trying to like carry the shot put and i just think of that or like Colin just, or Ryan just like miming like a pathetic motion just to make fun of Colin or whatever. And I just think of just a Yosemite Sam pathetically running up the, the ladder. It's so wee and pathetic and it's just so silly. And it caps up like 50 times in the rest of this and I love it every single time. Um, going into the other gags in this that all lead to the same outcome. There is a, I, I dare you to step across this line gag, which is not new. They do it on a lot of Looney Tunes. But I love it that right after Sam falls for it, he yanks back up, goes, I hate you, and falls again. Because screw physics. That's screw, screw physics. Also, that's just a great bottom line towards the Bugs and Sam dynamic. Is <laughs> you say me Sam is arguably the only Looney Tunes uh, bad guy, the only Looney Tunes aggressor. The only Looney Tunes aggressor who hates, like, actively hates Bugs. Yes. I mean, Elmer uh, is annoyed uh, by Bugs, but he doesn't, like, hate him. Elmer's annoyed by Bugs. Daffy is envious of Bugs. Yes. Sam hates Bugs. <laughs> he, 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 oh, I hate that rabbit. <laughs> or as, and for, to make another uh, Mystery Science Theater reference, if any consolation, I too hate that rabbit. <laughs> Name's Mike Pepper. Your father and I were partners. You see, another impression I can do really well. 
I didn't think I had that one in me either. First Mr. Krabs, now Mike Bipper. <laughs> anyway, um, we get into another gag here. Uh, Bug sets up a door on the, on the, the, the diving board. Yeah, he has time to find a door while Sam's climbing up the thing. <laughs> and he yells, open up that door. You notice I didn't say Richard. And first of all, I was doing Mike Pipper again. I'm sorry. Um, That's okay. He says this to the audience, and it's a reference to the song Open Up the Door Richard by, or Open the Door Richard by Jack McVeigh, a saxophonist. It's also a vaudeville bit that probably hasn't aged well. Uh, the timing and the speed work so well because Sam bursts through Bugs' door, begins to fall through the, towards the pool, starts to just reach like in agony for the diving board, and Bugs just nonchalantly hands him an anvil and just here you go. <laughs> so good. The teacher has that lying around. Yeah, of course he does. An anvil, a door. Uh, in the next gag, we're going to see he has random uh, American Indian and Western paraphernalia riding around. <laughs> For the record, Bugs dressing up as an American, as a Native American, hasn't aged well, but doesn't age as badly, I think, as the open up the door Richard thing. I don't know. Uh, arguably, the best part of this entire cartoon is. This 30-second sequence of Sam climbing the ladder, falling, <laughs> climbing the ladder, ladder. and falling oh. over and over. Set to Carl Stalling building up every time he climbs up. Dun, 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 dun. It's just so simple, and it just hits every time. We don't even need to see why he keeps yeah. failing or what Bugs <laughs> is doing up there. He just keeps failing. And even funnier is the shot that the fact that this shot ends, he, he climbs up one more thing. Silence for five seconds, and then we hear the sound of sawing, which is even sillier, because like, you know, fail, 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 and sawing noise. Like in Hair Trigger, the end of this cartoon is looking like Sam has bugs tied up and beaten, and he's beginning yes. to saw Bugs' platform off, and you're like, okay, we'll see. Let's see you get out of this one. You're a diamond. Gotcha. Lo and behold, <laughs> the rest instead of Bugs's bit of the diving board falling, the rest of the diving board, the one that Sam is standing on, all falls and because can't because that can't support itself. Not the board uh, in midair. It's a triumph over logic and reasoning. It's a perfect ending. And it's an even more perfect ending line, which Bugs says to the audience, you know, I know this defies the law of gravity, but you see, I never studied law. Just a great end line. Oh my God. And even the, the funnier is that we're irising out as he's doing that. Like, he, <laughs> like we don't even need to just have another beat afterwards. That is our final beat. Was, you know, I never studied law. We're out. We don't need to dilly-dally around it. No. That's great. Sam... Sam's probably under a heap of rubble, just knocked out cold. Oh my god! So, um, uh, gee, do you think I like that one? Um. Yeah, so, so this short I've seen. The this is one of the shorts I like to call the Cartoon Network. Sure did love this short. Short. Oh yeah. Because this is one of the shorts where I remember this when I first got the. Because this, this is on the, the first volume of the uh, Luigi's Gone collection because oh, yeah, right. they because they they knew this is one of the really good ones. Oh yeah. And as a kid, you don't really 
remember the titles to Looney Tunes shorts as a kid. You just go, oh, this is the one where Bugs does da 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 da. Yeah. So, so watching this show for the for the, the first time with a title, uh, my first reaction was, "Oh, this one! I love this one!" Because yeah. <laughs> it, it it just gives that 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 uh, effect with me. Yes, it's it's joyful and consistently funny, no matter how many times I watch it, and. Okay. Stuff that I've seen a million times, like that Sam running up the ladder gag, I still like that. It just has that effect on me. It is that good. Oh my God. I I don't even need to say that I love this one. It's just, it's that amazing. It's a classic. Um, yeah. And quite obviously, I give it five out of five. It is perfect. Same. Yeah, same. No issues with this short at all. It's just literally in my notes, I have two different bullet points. It's just funny and it's just so good. So yeah, just five five. Um, an interesting thing too is uh, Greg Ford, who we uh, talked about previously on yes. uh, Fat Blooper Bunny. He does a commentary on, on this short on the Golden Collection and. He has said that this is the best Bug Sam dynamic short, yes. which I I have to agree. So uh, easily, although there are a couple of them that come close that we're going to cover in the next zillions and zillions of shows. Like yes. I, I was reminded today that Fair Hair Hair is a really really good one, and we're going to see that one when we cover the Looney 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 Bugs Bunny movie. Um, it's a good one. And there are a lot of really good Bugs and Sam shorts, especially in on on the water in the West. But I can't see any coming as close to greatness as this one. This one is undeniably phenomenal. The one defining thing is that there's no dynamite, there's no bullet wounds, there's no like actual peril. The main peril is crashing into either the ground or water. It's genuinely pretty appropriate. It's not like people are getting shot or blown up. There's no, no violence. No. The worst thing that happens is either somebody falls or somebody falls into water. In retrospective, and of course we wouldn't have a cartoon if this were to happen, but like, if bugs were to just go, all right, fine, I'll jump off the diving board, why not? It, it, like, I have a fear of heights, but fine, I'll do it. And, and if we were to do it, bugs wouldn't die. Like, oh. he'd be a little shook up, but he wouldn't die. He would just get wet. When the worst outcome in your cartoon is getting either really wet or really dirtied, then that's funny. Because that's just, like, escalated peril. And that's just really silly. Like, like seeing soggy, wet Sam the whole time is just amusing as hell. Because he's not being blown up. He's perfectly fine. He's just inconvenienced. And he gets angrier the more he gets inconvenienced. <laughs> and that's just funnier than anything else involving yeah. actual and, ammo. And that's just Sam in a nutshell. In a yes. lot of the shorts, it is Sam is someone trying to get something and it just gets inconvenienced. If Elmer's biggest flaw when it comes to handling Bugs or Daffy is intelligence or gullibility, for Sam, it's the act of inconvenience. Yes. And comparing him to Elmer again in basically 
you know, Yosemite Sam gets inconvenienced for for just having a lot of energy and a lot of hate, whereas Elmer gets a lot of hurt and a lot of pain from just a little bit of inconveniencing bugs. And so that's, I think, why the, Sam works better with bugs than, than Elmer does, because it's more interesting relationship, because there's more to that character than just feeling bad for him. All right. This nearly concludes the Jordan is really happy about Yosemite Sam cartoons hour. You know, sometimes it's nice where we could just watch two really good cartoons and talk about them. There's no issues with them. There's no, uh, yeah. It's nice. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get that, I think, with at least one that we're doing next week. We will be looking at the shorts of Sylvester and Tweety, mm-hmm. but we're going to separate them. So next week, we're going to be talking about Life with Feathers, Sylvester's first cartoon, right. and the uh, Academy Award winning. Deservingly so. Short Birds Anonymous. Yes, I love that one. And I have not seen Life with Feathers, if not at all, then in a while. Oh, yeah, no, I, I haven't seen it ever. No, it's some exciting stuff. I don't know if it'll be as wall-to-wall amazing as these Yosemite Sam cartoons, but, you know, it might be. So, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at Mark Halem, 1995. And you can follow me at Tall Guy Schmidt on there. And if you like to keep up with the podcast, you can follow that at that underscore loony. Or you could type in the title of the podcast. We are the first result. And you can find the podcast uh, wherever podcasts are presented, be it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Player FM, I think. Are we on Player FM? I think we might be. Uh, or any other podcasting mega site known to man. All right. For, uh, for That's Not Quite All, folks. I've been Jordan. That's been Mark. And we've been losing our minds. Good night, everybody. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>